If you will, please, open with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew and chapter 6. Now, um, every year, kind of at the beginning of the year, we've done this thing where we call it the one word, and we've asked people just pray about and think about a word, just one word that you can kind of carry with you throughout the year, and then write that word on the wall, write that prayer on the wall, and may that just kind of be your word for the year that God that you would just do this thing in me. And, and some of these words were awesome. Uh, reveal and focus, uh, worthiness, uh, wisdom, miracle, uh, fun. Like That's a good one. That's a good word, fun. Um, and so I thought this year, instead of asking everybody to just kind of have that word and, and, and for God to be working on them, what if we just had one word that we all had as a church? If we all had this one word, this one prayer that we could all join together with and all be on the same page, and God, what should that word be? And the word I was kind of thinking, I was kind of feeling for 2017 is the word seek. Seek. And it comes from Matthew chapter 6 where he talks about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Because the reality is when we seek him first, everything else falls into place. Okay, so we're going to read. I'm going to start with verse 19. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus is preaching this sermon on the mountain. And he's probably about maybe halfway through, a little bit on the, on the back half of the message. And he says this. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. Your eye, it's a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is good, your whole body will be filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. And, and if this light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness really is. Now, no one can serve two masters. Either, masters, you will either hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to, weather, to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Take a second. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store up food in barns. For your heavenly Father, he feeds them. And aren't you far, far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries at a single moment to your life? Can all of your worries at a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. Yet they don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, all of his glory, who, who not even, when all of his glory was not even dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Like, listen. So don't worry 
about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things, they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. One more time. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. When you seek him first, everything else seems to fall in place. So it begs the question, God, if we're going to seek you in 2017, we are really going to seek you. How do we do it? How do we seek you, God? Now, if we were going on a journey, um, there's certain different things on, depending on type of what journey we're going on. We would prepare ourselves for that journey. If we were going to go camping, there's certain essentials that you would bring on this camping trip. You would bring your tent. You would bring some matches. You would bring some food. You'd bring some water. You'd bring whatever clothing was appropriate, depending on your location of where you were going. You'd, uh, you'd bring a knife. Have you, y- you guys remember that TV show? I don't know if it's aired anymore. Uh, Bear Grylls, the guy, he was like an outdoor survivalist. I mean, and this guy was awesome. I mean, he would do, he would do some of the most craziest things. I mean, he'd like drink his own urine. It's like, dude, I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, I don't know if I'll survive. <laughs> you know, I might not make it. I mean, I'd have to be, I'd have to be Tom Hanks on that island somewhere, you know, you know. Anyway, so uh, you bring these things, but in, 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 the, in the TV show, he would show you how to survive. And he would show you, like, these are, and he'd, al- he'd always have kind of a few essentials. He'd have his knife, right? He'd have a couple things that you want to have with you to survive. And yet, uh, Jesus says on this journey, listen, this journey that you're going to take with me and seeking, the things that we would normally think are kind of, well, these are the most essential things to life, food, water, clothing. Jesus says, yeah, yeah, yeah don't worry about that. Well, wait a second. Hold on. We're going to take this. We're going to seek you. These are the things that we need for this journey. God, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, wh- where am I going to sleep tonight? You know, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Uh, I mean, you've had that conversation. Honey, what do you want to eat tonight? What do you want to eat tonight? I don't know. What do you want to eat tonight? And then both of you, four seconds later, you're fighting, and then you eat Mexican food. And <laughs> it happens every time. And just like, don't worry about these things. He says, these things that you would call essentials to living, these things that you, you have to have this food, yeah, I, you've got to eat. You've got to drink. You've got to wear some clothes. These things that we would call essentials. And Jesus kind of almost casually is like, yeah, don't worry about that. Wait a second, Jesus. Hold on. Yeah, don't worry. He's like, because when you seek me, when you begin to seek God, when you begin to seek his kingdom, Jesus is saying, listen, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than the way you've been taught. It's a little bit different than the way the world works. So how do we seek him? I'm going to give you three things this morning when it comes to seeking God. Uh, In the book of Psalms 119, the psalmist writes, and the psalmist says, God, your word, it's a lamp into my feet. It's a light into my path. 
Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Whenever you're looking for something, what do you do in your house? You, some, something's missing. You're, what do you do? You turn the lights on. You turn the lights on. First thing you've got to know when it comes to seeking God, you've got to turn the lights on. And the light is the word of God, the scriptures. You have got to get in the scriptures. Your word, it's a lamp into my feet. It's a light into my path. You need to be able to illuminate your life to be able to see, God, where are you leading me? Where are you guiding me? God, what is truth? What is truth? See, we live in a society that, well, truth is relative. The truth that you have could be your truth. The truth that he has could be his truth. My truth could be my truth. And, and we could all just get along. And, and the fact is, so many people are against Christianity because in Christianity, we claim exclusivity. In other words, there is one truth. There is one way. There is one life. And that's in Jesus Christ. And we kind of want, well, man, we want to have three or four different ways. And like, no, 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 this is the truth. Um, I got a quote that I'd like to put on the screen. It's from Matt Chandler, and he's talking about the Word of God, and he says this. If you're not confident in the authority of scriptures, you will be a slave to what sounds right. If you're not confident in the authority of the scriptures, you're going to be a slave to what sounds right. You've got to put... You've got to put your marker in the ground and say, listen, God, I don't care what society says. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what, God, I'm living my life by your word. This is truth. Even when someone else wants to say this is a lie, God, this is truth. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light into my path. Because here's the thing, like, we have a tendency to drift. Society and culture doesn't want to put you pull you closer to God, it wants to pull you away from God. It wants to say, no, 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 this is what's now acceptable. And that, did God really say that? Did he really tell you that you couldn't do that? There's this drift. Um, I think it was back in maybe October. Uh, I took Mr. Chris Stanley surfing, uh, paddle boarding, and we were out there at Ocean Isle Beach, and he's on his, his board, and he's, you know, he's getting it, he's figuring it out, and he's getting pulled down the beach with the current. And I think Alan's out there with us. Anyway, we're just having a good time. Uh, but at, at some point, Chris has kind of floated down, and I see he's, he's given it up for the day, and he's gone onto the beach, and he's just kind of wandering on the beach. Like, why is he wandering on the beach? And, and he's trying to find his towel, because he sat his towel down on the beach to be kind of like, and he's, I even look, he goes up to other people, have y'all seen my towel? Have y'all seen, he thinks somebody has stolen his towel. He's like talking to all these people, and he doesn't realize it, but he's drifted down two exits, or you know, two blocks, and I'm like, dude, his towel is right over there, and he's just, and I just let him look, you know, I was like, he'll figure it out, you know, being a good friend, you know, I'm just, yeah, he'll get it. And so he's like searching, like he drifted, and he didn't even realize it. He did. The same thing is true with our lives, guys. The, the, the world that we live in, it will drift us. It will pull us in a direction that's opposite from God. It will. It will. It's done, all of us, we've all fallen victim to it. And, and the word of God is what keeps us centered. It, it, it's our towel in the sand, that says, okay, th this is where I entered and exited at. This was where, where and, and I need to stay in. And so when we, when we kind of get away from this, 
all of a sudden we begin pulled. We get pulled in another direction. Um, it has to see the, the Bible works. The Bible is more of a, a, a compass than a map. It, it, it shows us like this is your north. This is your true north. And see, and I would say probably ninety percent of us in here probably don't know which way north is right now, <laughs> right? But uh, let's try. Point to which way you think is north. Oh yeah, look around. Nobody knows. Half of y'all do. The surveyor knows. Uh, if you were to walk to the beach right now and you look out into the ocean, which way do you think you're looking? A few of you know. Good job. Most people would think they're looking east. Because, hey, there's a big ocean. The ocean east, right? No, no, no. You're actually facing south. Yeah. Most people don't know that. Y'all kind of ruined my illustration. <laughs> Every once in a while, you got to just throw it out there. And... So, it's our compass. It's, it's our north God. And there's things like, to get in your word, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to seek you. I want you to lighten my way. I need you to lighten my path. There's all these questions that I have. And God, whenever, it's amazing. These questions that we have with God. And when we get into the word, the Holy Spirit just has a way of just kind of revealing it to us. Like, wow, man, this is, a, this is awesome. It's a lamp into my feet. And so, keep the lights on. So rule number one, seeking God, turn the lights on. Any of y'all have, like, these vacuums they make now, and there's a light in front of the vacuum? Like, what's that all about? Quick, hey, let's vacuum. Turn the lights off. We could, we could vacuum in the dark. Like, no, like, turn the lights on. If you're looking for someone, as we see God, turn the lights on. Number two, we've got to stay focused. Have you ever been seeking? Have you ever been searching for something and in the middle of your search, you found something else. And, and you know, you were, you were trying to find your car keys, and you're looking everywhere, and you've got the, the couch cushions, and then all of a sudden you find that remote you've been looking for for two months. And then you can't remember what you were looking for. What was I? Something. I just looked here for something. And, you know, because we're kind of like that, that dog that's like, hey, uh, squirrel, 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 squirrel. Uh, like, we've got to stay focused. Because our attention, come on, our attention spans, you know the biggest lie that you tell yourself? The biggest lie that you tell yourself is this. I'll remember. No, you won't. <laughs> Write it down. Put it in the calendar. Send up a smoke signal. Do whatever you got to do. Because you ain't going to remember. Like, you ain't going to You're going to get distracted. Squirrel. Squirrel. You know? All right, that's, gonna, that's what's going to happen. We've got to stay focused. In the book of Revelations, there's this letter to this church. It says, listen, uh, this church, I, I know your works. I know your hard work. I know that you've endured some hard things. I know your patience. I know that you even hate evil. But I have this against you. He says, listen, you've lost your first love. Turn back to me. Love me like you did when you, like you first met me. See, it's not that you don't love me. It's just you've lost focus. You've got more preoccupied with hating evil than you do loving the good. And, and you've lost me somewhere in the midst of this. And all of your good works and all of your endurance and everything you've gone through, that's great. But, like, don't lose me. Don't lose focus. Seek first the kingdom of God. 
Man, it's it. Uh, and what this passage is that this church, this letter to this church in Revelation is saying, it's really echoing what Jesus says here in Matthew 6, where he says, listen, where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Now, I looked this up, and, and in the Greek language, this is it's very um, poetic in nature. And, and literally translated, it actually it reads like this. Where there is the treasure of you, there will be the heart of you. Where there is the treasure of you, there will be the heart of you. Now, there's one commentary uh, that wrote about this, this passage of Scripture, and he broke it down, and he said it like this. Thy treasure, thy heart. Thine treasure, thine heart. Where's your heart at? Where's your heart at? This word heart, it's used over 800 times in the scriptures. Every time it's used that I could find, it's, it's used and it's never talking about your physical heart. It's never talking about your physical heart. It's talking about your heart, you, the essence of you, your inner self, your spirit, the thing that makes you you, who you really are, your center, your character. Where is your heart? Or better yet, maybe I should ask the question, what is it that you've been chasing? What's the treasure that you've been chasing? Some of us, for a long time, man, we've been chasing success. Some of us chase success, and uh, we got it, right? Man, we climbed the ladder of success, but we got to the top of the building and realized we were standing on the wrong building. Like, oh man, I thought that this would be, I thought life would be so much better when I had this amount of money in my bank account, or when I married this woman, or whenever I had the 2.2 kids, or whenever I got this house, or I got this car, or I got this position in my company. And we got all of the things, only to realize, this is it? Seriously? Like the ultimate letdown, right? And sometimes, like, our success could be more (laughs) dangerous than our failures, and see, Jesus gives this kind of list. He says, listen, uh, where your treasure is, your heart will be. He says, listen, nobody can serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. And, and, and see, money is just one of the things that he talks about. He says, listen, it can't be money. It can't be fear about tomorrow. It can't be worries. It can't be food. It can't be clothing. It can't be drink. It can't be, and these were the things that we would even say are kind of basic essentials. Well, you need money to live. You need food and drink to survive. You need a house over your head. You need, you need these essentials. And Jesus says, listen, no, thy treasure, thy heart, all of these things, like if you let it, they will dominate your mind. This is true for every one of us. All of these things, if we let it, they will dominate our thoughts. They will dominate our thoughts. And that's why God said, listen, if you seek me first, if you seek first the kingdom all of these things, I know everything you needed, and I'm going to take care of it. All of these things, even that you consider the basic essentials of life, listen, consider the birds of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. Does not your Father in heaven have more love and compassion for you, and did he not take care of them? Even Solomon, with all of his beauty, was not even close as much as one of these that's been here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow. 
Consider these birds. They don't even store up, and yet God takes care of them. He's going to take care of you. But if we let our minds just constantly drift to, to the things that dominate the way the world thinks, man, we're not going to be seeking God first. We're going to be seeking all of these other things. And here's the catch. Even when we get them, they won't bring the joy that the world tells us that they provide. You'll get everything you're chasing after only to be disappointed. That's that's one of these ultimate ironies that the devil plays on us. Oh, you'll be happy when. No, you won't. No, you won't. And you know you won't. But we've got to be mindful of the drift. Because we could come to church, you could hear this message, yep, he's right, I believe it, absolutely, 100%. And you're going to get in your car Monday morning, the world is going to try and drift you back into, well, here's this worry, here's this care, how are you going to do this? How are you going to pay that bill? How are you going to fix that relationship? How are you going to get that woman to stop doing that? I'm not talking about my wife. <laughs> we got to be mindful of the drift. So, uh, one, turn the lights on. Two, stay focused. Squirrel. Three, <laughs> enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Because here's the thing. As we begin to seek God, as we begin to, to find God and grow closer to God, there, there, there's this subtle trap that if we're not careful, we could fall into. And that's this. The trap is beginning to believe we deserve what God gives us because of our seeking. Let me say that again. We begin to believe that we deserve what God gives us because of our seeking. But God, I've done all of these things. God, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to church. I'm tithing. I'm doing all of these things. And you bless that person? And I'm still, this hasn't worked out for me. And you've done that for them. I deserve it. Don't you see how good of a Christian I am? I'm awesome, Jesus. And you're still not doing this. And so we begin to believe that we deserve it. See, Jesus tells this proverb. He says, listen, there's this vineyard worker. He needs some workers in his field. And some of them, he hires some. Some work for 12 hours. And some work for six hours. And some work for four hours. Some only work for an hour. And at the end of the day, when he goes to give them their pay, you know what? He pays everybody the same amount. Uh, To which the guys who work 12 hours, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, this isn't right. When Jesus said, didn't I say that I would pay you this wage? What's the problem? On some level, we all have a problem with that if we were the guy that worked 12 hours. Now, if we're the guy that worked one hour, oh, yeah, score. What's the problem? I'm good, right? Because the guy that worked 12 hours, no, no, but I've done all this. I deserve more. And the thing is, God said, no, the kingdom of God is like this. The fact and the reality of the matter is, There'll be, there might be things where you've served God for the 20 or 30 or 40 years, and God brings somebody alongside that, man, it's only been four weeks, and God's done something for them that he's, it took you 40 years to do. And God says, yeah, but that's the way the kingdom works. Don't worry about them. You worry about you. And you know what's interesting? The next thing he says in this sermon, he says, listen, don't judge, because you know what? You're, you're looking at the speck in their eye. You've got a plank in yours right? He uses these wonderful illustrations. Listen, there's, there's birds, and there's lilies, and there's specks and planks, 
and there's treasures, and there's heart. And he's all given, if you'll just seek me first. Don't, and don't begin to believe that you're seeking. It's by grace alone. It's the sheer grace of God that you're here right now. It is the sheer grace of God that you ain't in a ditch somewhere. It's the sheer grace of God that every one of us, we are all sinners. We were all in a sinking boat. And we were all saved by his grace and by his sacrifice, his blood that brings us into redemption and life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't judge. Don't begin to believe that your Christianity is based on your love for God. Your Christianity is based on his love for you. I'm trying. (laughs) If you don't get anything, you need to get that this morning. It's not based on your love for God. Because you failed. I failed. It's not just Judas that sold him out. I've sold him out. You've sold him out. We've all traded them in. We've traded them in for much less than a, a little bag of coins. But he says, you know what? It's my love for you. It's my love for you. It's the sheer grace of our maker. He says, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've been through. And, yeah, and I know you might. I know you're probably going to. You don't think you're going to mess up. I know, Simon Peter, you don't think that you're, you're before this night. You're, you're going to sell me out three times but I still love you. And even after that, my arms are going to be open wide. What's the first thing Jesus said after the resurrection? Make sure you tell Simon Peter, I love him. Make sure he knows it's okay. It's all right. All is forgiven. It's his love for us. We've got to get off of the throne and say, God, you're on it. You're on it. I'm no longer in control. But here's here's the thing with that too. We have a tendency to, like, step off the throne, but then we want to step in the passenger seat. <laughs> and and we, we say, Jesus, you're in control, but then we start side seat driving. Okay, you need to take a left right up here. <laughs> have you, like, one of, the, one of the absolutely scariest things I do is let my wife drive. I'm telling y'all. I mean, it is like, it's, it's you know, Tom Cruise, Danger Zone. The, mu- the music is on. Because I just want, babe, slow down. Slow, slow, slow. Breaks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then I start doing this number. Like, that's going to, like, protect her from the 59,000-mile-an-hour impact, you know? Like, and then I realize I'm turning to my mom. Like, she did this. <laughs> God. And so I, what I've learned is I just got to close my eyes. And I surrender to the will of my wife. Baby, you're in control. Just get us there. I can't open my eyes because I don't want to know. And some of us got to do that with God sometimes. Some of us, because you're trying to tell God, well, God, if you just do this, this, and this, then I'll serve you. If you could take a left here, if you could do this then, and God's like, no, 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 I'm driving this thing. I I can't remember. It's one uh, famous uh, evangelist back in, I don't know, probably the, 1940s or whatever, he says, what you've got to do is you've got to uh, take those keys, give them to God. You can't get in the side seat. You can't get in the back seat. 
He's got to go pop the trunk and go sit and wait in there. <laughs> You've got to wait and say, God, you're in control. Gas it up with whatever you want. Take me wherever you want. It's yours. It's yours. And we've got to learn to just enjoy the journey. And God, if you have me working 12 hours in the field, or if you have me working one hour in the field, it's okay. I'm just going to enjoy the journey. If it takes me seven years to get there, if it takes me 14 years to get there, it's okay. I'm just going to enjoy the journey. Some of you guys just got to learn to just enjoy the journey. He's in control. Because here's the thing. You can't save anybody. You can't save yourself. There's only one person that can do that, and his name is Jesus. And so Jesus gives this amazing sermon. And, and, and he says this at, at toward, towards, towards the end here of chapter 6. Uh, he says, um, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He'll give you everything you need. But then he says this. Then he says this. Verse 34, he says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I'm going to have the worship team come on back up. Now, if I was preaching this sermon, or if I was giving Jesus a little bit of help, listen, Jesus, sermon writing 101, okay, you, 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 you preach this great sermon, and you get to this verse here, Above all else, seek the kingdom of God, and he will give you everything you need. This is where you just drop the mic and walk off stage. This is where the crowd goes wild, and everybody leaves church pumped up because, man, God, this is all we got to do. We seek him, seek the kingdom of God. Right, says, he'll give us everything we need. God's going to take care of it. It's awesome. I said, but Jesus, you don't say this. You don't say, don't, tomorrow's worries. What do you mean? Hold on. There's not supposed to be any worries. But that's just, well, you're going to take care of it. What do you mean? He's like, what Jesus is saying, listen, don't just think because you're doing this thing that tomorrow's going to be all rainbows and unicorns. Don't think that everything's just going to magically go all right. It's like, no, no, tomorrow does have its own worries. But here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to worry about it because I've got it covered. I've got it covered. He will supply all of our, our needs. It means, God, that you're in control. It means that, God, we could seek you. It means that we could seek you not from a place of fear. We could seek you not from a place of worry or an anxiety, but we could seek you from a place of love and hope and surrender. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. All who are weak, all who are weary, come to the to the fountain
Come on, be 